Coronavirus COVID-19 infects a 30-year-old New York City physician, now with rapidly progressing respiratory failure. The Chinese find effective treatment for the COVID-19, and the rate of new cases and deaths is lower than those that have already recovered from the COVID-19. Hi, and welcome to the show. Today is March 9th, 2020, and I'm Dr. Michael Zagoda for the Spyro Podcast. I was browsing hashtag coronavirus and came across a post of a CT scan of the chest showing bilateral patchy airspace disease. The caption read, quote, my 30-year-old physician colleague has COVID-19 and is in rapid respiratory failure, end quote. He then pleads with Gilead to include him in their antiviral trial. We'll talk about that later in today's program. No other details about this physician are available at the time of this recording, but we do know that Washington State and New York have had the most confirmed cases to date. Fortunately, as of this recording, only 24 Americans have died with 18 of them from a nursing home in Washington State. It still appears that the vast majority of cases are very mild and resolve in a week or so. Deaths in Italy jumped to 366 in just 24 hours, leading to a draconian shutdown of the northern Italian cities, with about 16 to 17 million people being affected. The CDC has said that we have about 500 Americans that are COVID-19 positive, and that containment in the United States is not possible, and that a policy of mitigation is now rolling out. The NCAA has prohibited fans from attending some games already. South by Southwest is canceled, and other large gatherings are also being canceled. Coachella is moving forward, however. Cancellations are all being determined by local governments. The information about COVID-19 is changing so rapidly that it's hard to keep up with or know what is true. Also, there's been a lot of clickbait fraud trying to get your personal information or phishing attempts, so don't click on any COVID-19 emails that are not from a source that you are already very familiar with. Personally, in my pulmonary clinic this week, I'm going to be doing as many telemedicine visits instead of having my patients come on into clinic. I'm also telling my patients that if they get flu-like symptoms to avoid the ED and to contact us or contact our telemedicine service for care. Let us know here at the Spyro Podcast if you plan on using more telemedicine for your acutely ill patients. Spyro Podcast is written for healthcare specialists with practice in pulmonary, critical care, and or sleep medicine. We cover a broad range of subjects from the newest recommendations for your clinic to pending diagnostic and therapeutic options for your patients that are on the horizon. So, subscribe now to the Spyro Podcast so you can help your patients by being the most informed. In this segment, it's going to be a little longer than usual because we're going to be discussing some different types of th therapeutic interventions that are being employed across the globe to treat COVID-19. I'm on a global WhatsApp chat for interventional pulmonologists. And on this uh, chat, a few physicians have been taking care of some COVID-19 patients. One of these pulmonologists has shared how he has had a, quote, remarkable, unquote, response to some ventilated COVID-19 patients. The chest X-ray results posted after just 12 hours of treatment are, well, remarkable. He said that they're using Actemra. Actemra is an IL-6 inhibitor. Chinese scientists there have started a randomized clinical trial evaluating the drug's application. According to the Chinese Clinical Trial Registry, investigators aim to enroll about 188 patients with half of these on the Actemra. A lot of places throughout China are just using Actemra without participating in the trial registry. Actemra does not directly kill the novel uh, coronavirus, now dubbed SARS-CoV-2, 
I'm going to call it COVID-19. It's known as an inhibitor of the receptor of interleukin-6. As many of you already know, interleukin-6 is a pro-inflammatory cytokine. In the disease COVID-19, the body may respond to the pathogen by overproducing immune cells and their signaling molecules is a dangerous phenomenon called cytokine storm. Other research groups have recently fingered IL-6 as a main culprit in that immune overreaction among the COVID-19 patients. In its previous treatment guidelines, Chinese authorities have already included elevated IL-6 levels as an indicator of disease worsening. And in its current update, Actemra's use is limited to patients with that marker. Indicator for the treatment of chimeric antigen receptor, CAR, T-cell-induced severe life-threatening, quote, cytokine release syndrome, this drug is being dosed at 8 milligrams per kilogram IV over one hour. It can be administered up to three additional doses if no clinical improvement in signs and symptoms of the cytokine release syndrome is noted, but you are not to exceed 800 milligrams per dose. The interval between consecutive doses should be more than eight hours. And it may be administered as monotherapy, but most are doing it in combination with some corticosteroids at one milligram per kilogram. A second drug that's being investigated is a Gilead drug called remdesivir. This is a nucleotide analog. Other studies are looking at remdesivir in combination with chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine, also known as Plaquenil. Remdesivir is an investigational nucleotide analog with broad-spectrum antiviral activity. It's not approved anywhere globally for any use. Remdesivir has demonstrated in vitro and in vivo activity in animal models against the viral pathogens for MERS and SARS, and it was also being studied for Ebola. Remember, MERS and SARS are also coronavirus and are structurally similar to the COVID-19. The limited preclinical data on the remdesivir in MERS and SARS indicate that remdesivir may have potential activity against the COVID-19. So unlike the interleukin-6 inhibitor, this is directly affecting the virus. This is an experimental medicine that has only been used in a small number of patients with COVID-19 to date. So Gilead does not have an appropriately robust understanding of the effect of this drug to warrant broad use at this time. Gilead is working with government and non-government organizations and regulatory authorities to provide the radesivir to patients with COVID-19 for emergency treatment in the absence since there's no other approved treatment options available in the states to date. Compassionate use requirements must be submitted by a patient's treating physician. Gilead is currently assessing requests on an individual basis and require, at minimum, that the patient be hospitalized with confirmed COVID-19 infection with significant clinical manifestations, just like the physician from New York City we read about earlier. It is important to note that results in individual compassionate use cases are not sufficient to determine the safety and efficacy of the remdesivir in treating these COVID-19 patients. This can only be determined through, as we all know, prospective clinical trials. There are currently limited available clinical supplies of remdesivir, but Gilead is working to increase its available uh, supplies rapidly as possible. In response to the Ebola outbreaks in West Africa in recent years, Gilead increased manufacturing remdesivir to create a stockpile of product that could be used in response to future pandemics, as well as stockpile of materials used to manufacture remdesivir. So Gilead is now using this stockpile to address the supply needed for current compassionate use requests and the two clinical trials in China. 
in anticipation of potential future needs. Gilead has accelerated manufacturing timelines to increase available supply as rapidly as possible. This is what President Trump was talking about, sitting down working with the drug companies to try to ramp up their production. Gilead is doing this before knowing whether remdesivir will be determined to be safe and effective to treat patients with COVID-19. To increase available clinical supplies of remdesivir, Gilead is also manufacturing two formulations of the remdesivir in both liquid and freeze-dried forms, expanding its network of manufacturing partners to increase its capacity and production. And it has also begun internal manufacturing remdesivir to supplement the capacity of the external manufacturing network. Gilead is actively collaborating with government agencies on COVID-19 response efforts and is sharing regular updates with them on the company's manufacturing scale-up. Gilead is mapping out options to make access to investigational remdesivir more widely available through appropriate channels, of course, for emergency use should it be demonstrated to have potential to be safe and effective treatment options based on the results of the preliminary clinical trials and some of the anecdotal evidence that's been seen. Gilead's also in discussion with regulatory agencies to determine the most appropriate pathway for submitting remdesivir for approval for the treatment of COVID-19 in the event the trial results are positive. Congress is even considering passing a law that prohibits patients from suing Gilead if the remdesivir does not work because this is being employed in the context of an emergency. In the meantime, other hospitals are using this other means of treatment, which is a nebulized 5 million units of interferon alpha-2b. It is cheap and readily available and can be nebulized. It is being nebulized in 2 milliliters of sterile water uh, three times a day. There's been some positive response from this, especially since it is uh, specifically affecting the lungs and it is being used in patients on the ventilator. Actemra, an INF6 inhibitor, that is used for rheumatoid arthritis, which we talked about earlier, is also being combined with chloroquine or hydroxychloroquine, which has also worked in some patients, and of course, the nucleotide um, agonist. As this podcast is for pulmonary critical care specialists, it goes without saying that we need to balance the risks and benefits of these unproven treatments. Good luck out there. So there's lots of technical information in today's uh, podcast. Because of that, we're going to be shortening today's podcast down just a few minutes so that we can kind of absorb this information, take some time, write things down, and go look things up ourselves. But some good news about the coronavirus. According to the Johns Hopkins COVID-19 tracker, the rate of new cases and deaths is lower than those that have already recovered from COVID-19, with an overall death rate of about 3%. However, outside of Wuhan, after treatments and supportive care were learned and then employed, the death rate is below 0.4%. In other parts of the world, 7,300 confirmed cases to date in South Korea, with only 50 deaths at 0.6%. Italy has 7,300 confirmed cases with 366 deaths. That's a big jump up to 5%. As you've heard, the whole northern province of Italy is under a draconian quarantine to try to either contain or at least mitigate further spread. I've seen some images online of Rome and Milan. And these towns look like ghost towns. Very interesting. Iran has 6,600 confirmed cases and 194 deaths coming in at 2%. Germany, on the other hand, has over 1,000 cases with zero deaths. For comparison so far this year, the seasonal flu death rate has been 0.1% to date 
with over 11 million Americans contracting the seasonal flu. Now it's time for something I like and something I don't like. First, I like the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Sent to the most violent battlefield in Iraq, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin's SEAL task unit faced a seemingly impossible mission to help U.S. forces secure Ramadi, the city deemed, quote, all but lost, in gripping firsthand accounts of heroism, tragic loss, and hard-won victories in SEAL Team 3's task unit bruiser. They learned that leadership, at every level, is the most important factor in whether a team succeeds or fails. Willink and Babin returned home from deployment and instituted the SEAL leadership training that helped forge the next generation of SEAL leaders. After departing the SEAL teams, they launched Echelon Front. It's a company that teaches uh, these same leadership principles to businesses and organizations. From promising startups all the way to Fortune 500 companies, Babin and Willink have helped scores of clients across the broad range of industries build their own high-performance teams and dominate their own business battlefields. Now, detailing the mindset and principles that enable SEAL units to accomplish the most difficult missions in combat, the book Extreme Ownership shows how to apply them to any team, family, or organization. Each chapter focuses on a specific topic such as cover and move, decentralized command, and leading up the chain, explaining what they are, why they are important, and how to actually implement them in any leadership environment. A compelling narrative with powerful instruction and direct application, the book Extreme Ownership revolutionizes business management and challenges leaders wherever they are to fulfill their ultimate purpose, which is to lead and to win. Extreme Ownership puts into words the kinds of leadership I experienced in the Marine Corps and tried to emulate as a physician leader. Read it. It'll change the way you lead, the way you interact with your relationships, parenting, and even help improve your personal self-development. Highly recommended. Now, something I don't like. This is going to sound so pretentious, but I'm just sharing some personal experiences. I don't like BMWs. I've owned four BMWs in the last 14 years, and I regret buying each of them. Like going back to the on-again, off-again relationships that is much better left in the past, I kept going back again and again. But with each purchase, I felt like I was spending several hours each month sitting in a BMW service waiting room with something or another going wrong with the car. Whether it was the squeaky brakes, the window that won't roll up, or repeatedly bringing it in for an intermittent knocking sound from under the hood. Then it was the time the seats wouldn't adjust, the radio and GPS stopped working, or when the engine started to skip or the transmission wouldn't even shift. Every time I brought the car in, it cost me between $500 and $1,000. I finally said, forget this. I purchased an Acura. After five years now, my wife and son also drive Acuras. And other than the scheduled oil change and tire change, we've never had any problems with those cars. I don't think I'm the only one that feels this way. I did a non-scientific study when I was cleaning out my office the other day. I found an old picture with a physician's parking lot in the background from about 14 years ago. Out of the 30 cars in the parking lot, that photo showed 12 of them, almost half, were BMWs. This morning, on the way into work, I counted the number of BMWs in the parking lot. There was only one. Though not scientific, 
I think it's interesting that physicians at my hospital have either adjusted their taste in cars or decided to go with a car that doesn't require a monthly spa treatment, $500, and four to six hours of waiting room time every month. With each podcast episode, I try to incorporate some type of inspirational story or a poem to help put what we do into perspective. I was encouraged by a colleague and a friend to put one of my own poems on the podcast, so here it is. Untitled. The sun is a wall of size, a mouse is not. A wig may disguise and makeup may not. Friendship is nice when life may not be, and love is as essential as the sea. It pounds in the beach in a rhythmic form. I myself am adorned. But when the sun, the sea, beaches, and friendship are gone, so is life. But not love, because love has no disguise, and its size is infinite, eternal. Mars Hill Media, this is the Spyro Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you liked what you heard, it'd be great if you'd give us a five-star rating as it helps us move up the charts. Oh, and tell your friends how to subscribe too. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Zagoda, and today I'll leave you with an Eminem song that, well, I just kind of like the song. Thought I'd share it. Until next time. can swallow a bottle of alcohol in a feel like Godzilla better hit the deck like a cartilla my whole squad's in here walking around the party a cross between a zombie apocalypse and Bobby to bring heenan which is probably the same reason I wrestle with mania shades in this bitch I'm posse to consider it to cost me a costly mistake if they sleep in on me to hoes better get insomnia ADHD hydroxy cut past the capacity in AA with an AK melee finish at it like a play date better vacate retreat like a vacay mayday this beat is Craig Ray Ray J H A H A H A. Laughing all the way to the bank. I spray flames. They cannot tame a play cake. The monster. You get in my way. I'ma feed you to the monster. I'm normal during the day, but at night turn to a monster. When the moon shines like ice world truckers, I look like a villain out of those.